Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Morning, good morning, Lyle. Morning, morning. How are you this morning? Oh yeah, I'm good. I'm really happy it's the weekend, although this... Probably won't be airing on a Friday. It's not the weekend. Probably be airing on a Monday or something definitely like that. Not, definitely yeah, not going yeah. out on a Friday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely not the weekend. But anyway, that's because you're listening to the delayed broadcast. And as Indeed. we tell you, every day, every get with day. the times, move every over day. to the live show where you can have so much more I fun and interaction. Forward, and you can actually have up-to-date news. I look forward to a world, Lyle, where every single broadcaster is live. And we don't have to make this announcement anymore. Yep. Yeah. The whole, of, uh, the whole of Faith FM live, 24-7. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That would be an amazing and it's, radio it's show. It's totally possible. All you need to do is, is give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, and pester us to get the live broadcast out to you. And uh, with some, with some pushing we can, we can and some traction, we can make it happen. Relatively yeah. easily, we can get the, uh, the live breakfast show to you. So what are you grateful for this morning? Like? I am grateful for thunderstorms. I love thunderstorms. I love thunder. I love lightning. I love is heavy this- rain. I love wind. I love everything to do with a thunderstorm. Is this when uh, you endangered your life and the lives of your family? Uh, maybe a little bit. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, maybe not the smartest thing to do, but yesterday we had Tell the people what had, you did. We had an inch of rain in 20 minutes. And in the middle of it, we went swimming. Can we can we talk in metric, please, seeing as we are in Australia? 25 millimetres. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, do you know what 25 millimetres is, Mon? It's an inch. <laughs> <laughs> 2. Do you know 2.5 what centimetres. Do you, yeah, okay, that's dressmaking, dressmaking terms right there. Whatever, Trevor. Um, you would know, tell find the people me, what you did. Find me an engineer tell that the people, works in centimetres. Tell the people what you did during a... Th- a electrical storm, thunderstorm. We jumped in the pool. Jumped in the pool. Well, it's like this when you're in the and pool. And took his okay, family no, no, with him. But when you're in the pool, you've only just got they like could a have died. inches above the surface. It could have been just me this morning doing the radio because you could have been zip, zap, zapped. <laughs> All right. I'm <laughs> thankful this morning that you this didn't get died. Don't you, do this You didn't get died. How good is my English? <laughs> I'm grateful that you didn't die. <laughs> I'm grateful you didn't get zapped. I roll this morning, die. one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so the weekend right now. Anyway, stay tuned. No, we have a so great not the weekend right now. This is a delayed broadcast. We we're doing this on a Friday, but it's uh, I'm really I'm really thankful that it is a Friday, and I'm glad that you guys are still here because I like you guys a lot. You know, uh, we have a great show coming up for you this morning. Stay tuned if you are a cat owner, or if you know someone who has a cat, or if you still got some Christmas shopping to do, either for a cat owner for or for a pet. If you have a pet cat, I like to get presents for pets. Um, <laughs> but if you need something, stay tuned because we have some really really good news, something that Lyle and I were very excited about, and uh, also a little bit of um, news coming out of the Catholic Church this morning as well, Lyle. Big news right mm-hmm. there, some we can't talk about. Yeah, yeah, stay tuned. Children of the living God, come and sing. Sing out loud, children of the living God, sing to the living God. Sing of the wonders He has made, bird in flight, falling rain. Sing of the wonders He has made, sing to the living God. Set his spirit like a flood 
Fernanda Ortega with Alison Krauss, Children of the Living God, here on Faith FM. And Mon, what's our first clue for our quiz of the day? Yes, we have a Who Am I quiz. I've made this easy peasy lemon squeezy. It is Friday. Brains are starting to go into switch off mode. So I decided to help you guys along with that. Who am I? 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 13 to 14 says that I was deceived. Hmm, I think we've all been a little bit Okay, deceived. give me that pa- passage again. Because you're not listening, are you? No, I wasn't Look listening. Look you attempt I was, to multitask. I multitask. What are you booking? Another booking calendar, the Faith FM guest interview calendar, because mm. I somehow lost that link, but now I found it back Okay, again. well. All right, so run that First Timothy chapter 2, verses 13 to 14 says that I was deceived. Ooh, I was deceived. Who was deceived? That's pretty. It's, that, like, this literally gives it away. Um, I'm going to say no to the answer you've written down, Lyle, because it's not specific enough. Ooh, okay. Don't don't say what you've written though. But uh, he's given it a crack, but he's not been specific enough. I want a name, not just a oh, you, description. Okay. Well, I, could, I could do that. Not just a sh- description of the person. I'm just quoting for what. The language in the KJV uses. Yes, well, do better. <laughs> if you know who that is, give I me a call. Help it. I can't help it if you're using some dodgy translation. Whatever, Trevor. Whatever, Trevor. If you know who that is, give me a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. This morning's prize is an interesting book. It's a little book and it's called How to Postpone Your Heart Attack. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so this Which is re- could be called... 
How to postpone your funeral. That's right. So, yeah, this is written by uh, Dr. Richard J.B. Willis, and uh, it's about how to recognize the risk factors for your uh, for a heart attack or cardiac arrest and how to postpone it indefinitely. So, basically, this is a book about heart health. Okay. So, you know, not just heart attacks, but any sort of, you know, heart conditions, that kind of thing. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's easy reading. Uh, the pages don't contain like a huge amount of information. There's lots of graphs and stuff, pictures so that people can really understand. Because heart health is quite confusing. So this book has demystified it and um, and it has a good biblical, biblical slant on it as well. So it has Bible verses in there because, you know, something that, that affects our heart that we often don't, um, that we overlook is stress. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's also a little bit about um, how to deal with stress in your life as well as physical health, you know, exercise and, and diet, that kind of thing. So it's a wonderful little book, How to Postpone Your Heart Attack um, by Dr. Richard Willis. Give us a call if you know the answer to the quiz and we will send you that prize. I might put a picture up of the book on our social media during the next one break so you can have a look at it. Lyle. Yes. Boy, oh boy, do I have some good news for us. Really? Yes. Yep. Okay. Calling all cat listeners. If you have a cat. Uh, Marta is listening up. A pet owner. Here it comes. You're a cat lover <laughs> and you're listening to the show. Like, get your pen and paper ready. Tune your ears in closely. This story is for you. Lyle, you and I have, I want to say a healthy disrespect for cats. We're, we're, we're dog people. Just put it that way. This is the politest no, way of putting well, it. Well- it's well. I'm a I'm an animal person. I do love dogs, and I would love cats more if it wasn't for the complete and utter devastation that they cause on any ecosystem that they're introduced to. Yeah. No matter what Absolutely. country they go to, they wreak havoc on the fragile ecosystems, uh, which is in part uh, an owner problem. Mm-hmm. Um, cats should be kept indoors, and uh, and if not, they should be restrained permanently. In a very permanent <laughs> fashion, um, it sounds cruel, but do you know what? Like so many millions of species have gone extinct because of cats. Because people just think, oh, it's cute and fluffy, let it do whatever it wants. And next thing you know, we're running out of species. This lady, uh, this is this is wonderful. So this is uh, this is back in two thousand and eight mm-hmm. that this story began, and this is uh, Nancy Brennan, and she has a cat called George. And just to give you an idea, she, she's this is in the states, and um, cats kill a, a just an enormous amount of birds in the U.S. every year, estimated to be in the billions, mm-hmm. billions of birds every year. And uh, and Nancy had this cat called George, who was an avid bird hunter, and uh, and every day would be bringing dead birds into her home. And she was a bit grossed out by this, but she was also just heartbroken because you know she's a bit like me. She she likes the cat, but she she was also enthusiastic bird watcher. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she said, you know, that George. His first catch uh, one spring was a ruffed grouse, well, which he killed and brought into the house. And she said she was absolutely devastated because apparently this is like a rare bird. And she knows because she's a bird watcher as well. And so she decided, you know what, she has to try and figure out how to stop George's hunting habits. I mean, I would have told her to just keep the door shut and keep him inside. But she decided to do some more research, combining her love for birds, um, you know, and her knowledge of bird watching and bird, uh, bird tendencies and activities. She remembered, you know, that birds notice bright colors, and uh, which is, you know, we we know that because that's how that's why the male of the species is often brighter colored to protect the 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 drab colored female, drag the danger away, and uh, and so yeah, so she decided to experiment with colors, and so she sewed up some uh, rainbow fabric, bright colored rainbow fabric, into a like a 
a large collar, not like a collar like you'd do like a think, like you'd think of an animal we wear, but a bit, bit like a, a clown collar. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a huge collar. A bit like that's a, a clown collar. collar. I'm just showing uh-huh. Lila a picture. You, you can imagine, like you know, that in the '80s, girls used to wear scrunchies in their hair all the time. Yeah, so yeah, imagine yeah. a scrunchie like that, but instead of the fabric being scrunched, the fabric is stiff. You could crochet one of these, Mon. I, yeah, I could, but you know, she's put a little science into this. So just imagine the fabric of the of the of the scrunchie is stiff, and so it sticks out in a ring like a clown collar and uh, and so she she's been dabbling around with different um you know quick release collars that she can stick on the cat and uh and so she put this around the cat's neck and let him off to do his usual thing and a week went by and she didn't find a single bird in her living room and so she waited a few more weeks. That's a one very disappointed cat. Yeah, yeah. So she waited a few more weeks to judge the collar's efficiency. And after one month, she was like, "Yep, this thing works." And she knew she wasn't the the only pet owner who was tired of finding dead birds in their house. You know, not just for people who who you know, because not everyone's a bird watcher. But I'm pretty sure everyone's pretty grossed out to come home to find a yeah, dead but bird. Everybody, no, nobody dislikes birds. Yeah, but not dead ones. They don't want. They yeah, don't, no, no yeah. one. But no one dislikes birds, and so no one's wants to have. You Exactly. Know, cats that kill birds. Exactly. So she decided to launch a website. It's called Birds Be Safe. And mm-hmm. this is a bit that I want everyone to write down Birds Be Safe. It's a website. She crafted 500 of these colorful, colorful, uh, colorful, colorful collars to sell online to fellow cat lovers. And for the past six years, um, and for the next six years, she sold these, she added like the quick release function to the collar and sold them from her home to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of customers who were describing similar success with the product. Then in 2015, an ornithologist and, uh, and, St. Lawrence University professor, um, Dr. S.K. Wilson, was so happy with the collar that she decided she was actually going to do a scientific study to test its efficiency. So um, she did a 12-week study conducted in spring and in autumn, and it was published in the Global Ecology and Conservation Journal, and it showed that cats who wore the colourful Birds Be Safe collars were in fact killing 19 times fewer birds than cats who did not wear it. Wow. So it's remarkably successful. That's that is sensational. Yes. Yeah. So this study of course brought a flood of new new customers to um to to the Birds Be Safe website and turned uh, this small business into a booming success. So she now has a manufacturer creating the collars and she says that she has orders coming in from uh, Iceland, South Africa, Europe, New Zealand, Australia and all 50 states of the of the US. So, that's fantastic. That's such yeah. a positive thing for our yeah, environment. Yeah, absolutely. I think like, clearly she ships to Australia. So we, ne- if you have a cat and if you're not responsible enough to keep it inside, you need to get on the Birds Be Safe website and buy one of these collars and protect our fragile ecosystem. They're not expensive and get this, they make your cat look super cute. I have to <laughs> admit, do, I do. have to admit, yeah. for all the distaste I have for cats and the killing they do, this cat looks ridiculously cute uh-huh. in this little rainbow collar. Like he just looks, <laughs> I just want to pat him so bad. Uh, so yeah, so go check that out. The website, Birds Be Safe. And uh, and yeah, and so George, the naughty. I wonder whether it works for things like, uh, you know, lizards and small creatures. I'm sure it would, you know. 
Yes, yeah. I'm interested. I mean, it's, uh, birds is a big thing, but that's not the only kind of species that are uh, very rapidly going extinct and, and, in, and in danger from, from cats. That's right. That's right. So George the cat, by the way, he's passed away a long time ago now because, you know, that was 10 years ago they started doing this. Um, but his legacy continues. I like the one in the middle. Yeah, it's really cute. Even if you don't have a cat or even if you intend on buying one, I think you should go to the website just to have a look at how cute these cats look in their little collars. So it's birdsbesafe.com and that's B as in the word B, B-E, not just some letter. So birdsbesafe.com. Uh, get your get your little kitty a collar. Maybe get him one for Christmas. There you Do go. you get your pet's Christmas presents? Um, no. I always get my, my parents' dog a Christmas present. <laughs> I don't think my, 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 dog, my dog's um, Christmas present is when all kinds of people turn up. Oh, uh, fair enough. And but yeah. to talk to them all. If you're a cat owner, it's time to get your cat a collar for Christmas. Birdsbesafe.com.
Welcome back, guys. That was, what was that? City of Light with Grace here on Faith FM and uh, Mon. Yeah, yeah. Second clue for our quiz. Let me write the answer down before we give the clue. Okay, fine. Go on, right, write it down. Right yes, there. Lyle has there it correct. But you can still win the prize. The prize, of course, today is how to postpone your heart attack. I just put a picture up on our Instagram so you can check that out. But the next clue is, who am I? I hid from God. Who? Mm. I hid from God. Who's been hiding from God? Yeah, good question. We need to find out. And if you know the answer, you know the number. 1-800-324-843 is our number. Give us a call on that number. And uh, yeah, you will have a prize coming your way. How to postpone your heart attack, otherwise known as how to postpone your funeral. Mm -hmm. Because that's generally the direction that heart attacks tend to follow, isn't it? Yeah, it's true, sadly. Okay, so this morning in more serious news, um, Cardinal Pell, third highest, Cardinal George Pell, Australian, the third highest uh, official within the Vatican, uh, has suddenly been dumped from the Vatican's advisory. Oh, I wonder why that is. Um, Along with two other cardinals. Oh, really? Hmm. So you've got uh, Cardinal George Pell, you've got uh, Cardinal... Erasuriz. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all, all, all Spanish speakers from Chile is going to give me a hard time over that pronunciation, but uh, he was dumped. He's been a, a, accused by Chilean um, um, abuse survivors of having covered up, covered up for predator priests. And Cardinal Monsenguo from the Democratic Republic of the Congo who retired for old age. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, this so the, but yeah, it was it did happen very very suddenly, and of course, um, none of them have been replaced. No, no replacements have been named. It was just a sudden action, uh, it just took place, and uh, yeah. And we're Dump. actually allowed to talk about it, aren't we? We can talk about that. <laughs> we can't talk about anything else. Gag order. Uh-huh. Uh, but we can talk about that story. <coughs> um, anyway, so that was uh, yeah some interesting news there. What else we got that is uh, in our more serious news today? Of course, yesterday Scott Morrison announced um, a new anti discrimination act. Okay. And so this is our government grappling with the issue of anti discrimination versus uh, freedom of speech. Yeah. And these two things really. The, the, these two freedoms are are in tension with each other, and and this is really an issue because how do you have freedom of speech and freedom from discrimination? So all Western societies, all strong Western societies, have built been built historically built on the principle of freedom of speech. Now all Western societies are leaning more towards more away from freedom of speech and more towards freedom from discrimination. Mm-hmm. Freedom from discrimination meant that you could not adversely hurt used to mean that you could not adversely hurt somebody. Freedom of discrimination now means that you cannot adversely hurt somebody's feelings. Yeah. Which infringes immediately on freedom of speech and so where do you find the balance between these two? And and, and this is an important issue. It's something that we need to discuss. We need to figure out. I mean, personally, I lean towards Weighting the legislation in favour of freedom of speech. That's my opinion. I believe that when you look at uh, historically, that has been where the legislation has been and it has built very, very strong societies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wise people don't want to hurt other people's feelings, but they do want to be able to express their views strongly and clearly and with freedom. 
Um, we tend to be, in my opinion, we're moving into a snowflake society where everybody's offended by everything. I was about to say that. And so, you know, the whole uh, snowflake society is going to do away with freedom of speech, mm-hmm. uh, which will weaken society. It's ushering in a new era of nonsense. It is. It's actually quite scary. Yeah. Just raise your kids with a bit of resilience. Anytime someone says boo to them, they don't like melt. And then maybe we wouldn't have this issue of like, oh, you hurt my feelings. Like, just get over yourself. Your feelings going to be hurt a lot. It's called life. Yeah, so that's 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 where my opinion um, stands very strong. It would be very interesting to see what comes out in Scott Morrison's um, new Anti-Discrimination Act. And he has announced, guess what, Mon? We have been waiting for this okay. for like ever, the release of the Ruddock Report oh, into really? Religious Liberty. Oh, So it's amazing how the uh, bit of media pressure over the last couple of weeks and suddenly Scott Morrison is getting on board. He's like, oh, yes, maybe we should release that thing. Yes, finally. Now, of course, the Ruddock Report's been a ticking time bomb um, ever since the uh, same-sex marriage debate and legislation passed last year and something that politicians have studiously been avoiding because, you know, those of us who spoke up at the time said that, you know, the same-sex marriage debate was a minefield for religious liberty. And that it was a slippery slope that would easily take us down the path of so many other countries that have gone, you know, down this same. Every other country that's gone down this same path, and religious liberty has been stripped away. And it was a concession in many ways by Malcolm Turnbull to, you know, to to Christians and to you know the conservative right and so forth. Like, well, we're going to pass this legislation through, but we'll we'll throw you this bone and give you the uh, Ruddock report. And of course, then the Ruddock report was done. Sixteen thousand submissions. Um, you know, five months of work, and then it's just been covered up ever since. Been sitting there because of what it reveals about the legal quagmire that we've walked into with the same-sex marriage issue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but anyway, that's where we are. There's nothing you can't turn back time, and so we now have to deal with it. And so um, I perceive that this anti-discrimination act is going to become an election issue. And one of the things that Scott Morrison is um, is going to, I, I suspect, going to try and tap into is the 70% of Australians who identify as being people of faith. Mm-hmm. So that's a large portion of the community, um, and it's a growing portion of the community. So our percentage of people who identify as people of faith is uh, is growing quite rapidly, particularly when you consider, you know, as far as Australians go, you know, um, 95% of Indian Australians, Greek Australians, Filipino Australians, Italian Australians, Lebanese Australians, you know, this is large portions of our community and large portions of where people are immigrating to Australia from are people of faith. Yes, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he doesn't have a whole lot of really strong election uh, issues or points on the board at the moment. And this is an area where uh, he could possibly get some traction depending on what the opposition comes up with. And so the challenge now is for the opposition to come up with you know, a strong defense of religious liberty. You know, if Bill Shorten comes in with a strong defense of religious liberty and he is then able to tap into this same um, voter base of people who see this as being a, an important and central issue that they are able to actually express their religious beliefs in a meaningful way, then um, we're back to where we were before. And yeah, it's, it's definitely Bill Shorten's election to lose. Where are the elections coming up again, is it? A date has not been announced. Okay. First half of next year. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, interesting to watch how this is taking place. We need to, as uh, you know, Christians here on Faith FM, we're going to, and people of faith, we're going to keep a very close eye on this. We are here to defend religious liberty for all religions. And so if you are a Muslim listening today, we are here to defend your religious liberty. If you are a Hindu listening here today, we are here to defend your religious liberty. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter whether we like your religion or not. We will defend your religious liberty here on Faith FM. We will keep these issues front and center and keep agitating and highlighting how uh, these issues continue to play out in the news media and in in, in our political landscape. All right, so we also have uh, another story here that I'll cover very quickly, and that is about Malala Yousafzai, um, Pakistani girl shot in the head six years ago for going to school. And, uh, of course, she survived that shooting and has uh, uh, been attending school um, currently at Oxford College. Uh, this was sixty six years ago, and ever since then, she ever since uh, she's been released from hospital, she's been campaigning for the fifty thousand girls within her valley, mm-hmm. um, who are banned from education, and another hundred and thirty million girls around the world. Oh, wow. In two thousand and fourteen, she was the youngest person ever to receive the Nobel Peace Prize, and so you look at this incident right here: a young schoolgirl uh, heading off to school, shot in the head. Uh, as a, to send a message, don't send your children to school. And this has really backfired in a very, very major way where she has become one of the most powerful advocates for women's education around the world. It's just so disgraceful that there's still countries that are... This should be, you know, what people are campaigning for, not about this anti-discrimination snowflake stuff, but to get to get an equality for, for getting yeah. girls into school. Tell me about it. Yeah. Tell me They're about it. They're fighting the wrong fight. This is, this, is, this is where our efforts need to be. Um, and she's been able to garner, of course, support from greater support from the UN, the EU, uh, the Global Partnership for Education. She has her own uh, fund, uh, which partners with Apple to provide education in places like India, doing great things.
That was Chelsea Moon uh, with uh, Jesus Paid It All here on Faith FM. And the quiz has been snapped up, Mon. Yes, indeed. It was an easy one this morning. Well, it's Friday and I thought I'd make it easy for them. Yeah, all of our brains are a little bit dead on a Friday. Mm -hmm. Okay, so congratulations to Michael from Kurumbong who is now planning to postpone his heart attack. Yeah, good job, Michael. Well done. Of course, the answer was Eve. Yes, it was. Adam and Eve, Eve, that one. That's right. That's the one. Okay, so joining us on the phone this morning is our very own Claire Baldacino. Claire, welcome to the show. Morning. And, uh, of course, you'll all remember Claire. She comes on the show every now and then and fills in for either Mon or myself uh, when we're not able to be around. We wish that we could have Claire more often, but <laughs> so far, Claire, we have not been able to twist your arm to move to Newcastle. Oh, uh, it's a bit of a hike. Different <laughs> to Sydney. <laughs> uh, let, me sell you, let me sell you on all the advantages of Newcastle. Don't listen, there's oh, none. Go. Don't listen, there's none. <laughs> You've been to my place. You've seen my view. Compare my view with your view. I don't know, my view's pretty nice. Looking at my garden and the backyard. <laughs> I can look past my garden. Okay, but anyway. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> anyway, so Claire, you've just got back, uh, what was it, a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? How far yeah, away? Yeah, two weeks. Two yeah, weeks ago. Two weeks. Two weeks ago from the Solomon Islands. What were you doing there? Well, I had a few things to do, but one thing that you probably guys are most interested in, I went to join in on a jungle ministry hike. Oh, Wow. So how does mm-hmm. that actually work? What is it? Tell 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 us about a jungle ministry hike. Okay, so a jungle ministry hike is the effort of a grassroots young people movement um, at a church, where they get together um, little packages of food, clothes, medicine, and Bibles, and they head up into the jungle where they, there's no access generally by road. And they go and find the people in the villages and share Jesus' love through action and through um, making connections like this. Okay, so um, just from a hiking perspective, before we before we look at the um, the humanitarian perspective, just from a hiking perspective, I'm sure that we've got a lot of listeners this morning who are very keen hikers and love to go on hiking trips around Australia. Um, you've done plenty of hiking yourself. Uh, how does hiking in the Solomons compare to hiking in Australia? Is it the kind of uh, is it is it a good hiking destination? Oh, look, it, there are some places in Solomon Islands that are amazing, and you would know this too, Lyle. Yes, I would. This is why I'm asking the question. <laughs> <laughs> like Solomon Islands is basically all mountains. It's like a mountains, valley, mountain, valley, mountain, valley, and so depending on where you're hiking, it can be so intense. So at times when you're hiking on Guadalcanal, there are places where you are grabbing onto the roots of trees in order to climb up a hill because it's that steep that you can't actually just walk. You have to use your hands to get up the hill. So, yeah, if you want to go see some hardcore hiking, Solomon Islands is the place to go. And and, and uh, when we uh, – how many years – I forget how many years ago it was we went to oh, uh, the last year Guadalcanal. But, um, but, you know, just, just looking back on that hiking, it was a seven-hour hike uh, to the village. It was through some of the most spectacular scenery I have seen anywhere on the planet. Uh, um, I can care. P- hiking up rivers, hiking up mountains, surrounded by rainforest. You know, one, one minute you're in an open, an open riverbed, the next minute you're in thick rainforest. You know, one minute the sun is shining, then you get this warm rain that comes down. Um, just, you know, and, 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 and then the, the ability to be able to camp 
you know, the, we talk about having a nice view. Remember the view that we had from the village in Valasi, <laughs> looking over that valley and those the mountains. Best. It was just yeah. the guys amazing. are making me want to get on the next plane. Oh, I'm dead like, serious. <laughs> okay, so I'm just putting it out there. If you're a keen hiker, why don't you add to your hiking by actually doing some humanitarian work as well? That's a wonderful idea because you wouldn't necessarily yeah. think that hiking had the capacity for humanitarian. I mean, work. this is Solomon Islands. This is like what a three-hour flight from Sydney. Is that right? Yep. No, from Brizzy. From Brizzy. But close enough. Okay, yeah. Yep. A three-hour flight, and it's not expensive. It's not far. It's not expensive once you get there, and you can you can do so much more than just go hiking. You can help people mm. out at the same time, uh, which yep. is fantastic. And that's exactly – yeah, that's exactly what these guys decided. Even though they weren't from another country, they're from their own country, they decided that they wanted to use hiking for something that was um, had a purpose. So, I just add so much more meaning to the re- – like, you know, when you go on a holiday, if it's just to see tourist attractions, you go, oh, that was fun. But then when you go there to do something and you meet the people and you live like them and you eat like them and you – oh, it's just so much more yeah. rewarding at yeah. the end. Absolutely. And, and you, you live with the, with the local people. You learn their culture. You get to appreciate where they're coming from. You get to understand them. They get to understand you. You make lifelong friends. That's right. Exactly. You know, even 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 the people back in Valasi, you know, if I I know that if I walked into that village today after all of these years, I would be instantly recognised and welcomed with open arms. Hundred percent. And uh, I guess it, it's hard to imagine, isn't it, Claire, that just a three-hour flight from Brisbane, and you can be transported back into what is just really one step from Stone Age. Oh man, it's just, it's so much exactly what you just said. And the more the time that you spend in a different culture, the more you realize how incredibly different it is to your own. <laughs> That's right. Just like such amazing a people. World. Such amazing yeah. people. You know, and, and it teaches you, it doesn't matter what uh, society you're living in, people. People, human nature is the same wherever you go. And, you know, when you sit down and you share food with people and you become friends with people and you, you, you compare different ways that, you know, they live compared to with how they live, you make friends, you know, build those relationships. It's just the most amazing experience. Yeah, the best. That's the best way to travel. I don't think I really want to do it any other way. That's, that's, where, the, that's where the satisfaction comes from. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so tell us about the work that you're actually doing in the villages. Once you, you hike out there and what were you actually accomplishing when, once you got there? Okay, so the hike that they took me on was a follow-up hike. So it wasn't a new place that they'd never been before. This is a place that they had been in the past and this was kind of like a follow-up. So they were reigniting friendships and building on what they'd already um, done before. But basically we went – so when we think villages, and I know this is the case like in Valasi and other parts of the Solomons, the houses are really close together and you have like a village like kind of we imagine a village. But in this part of Guadalcanal, it wasn't like that. It was like – um, there'd be one house and then there'd be like a kilometre before there's another house. Okay. So they're a village, but they're not like, they're more like farmers. The community. Individual, yeah. So more of a community. So you do quite a lot of walking between homes. So then we would get to one home. We deliver our little package of um, of goodies, of things that they, necessities that they needed. And then because they'd already met these people before and they were already friendly and welcoming to the gospel, they would have like a little talk about Jesus and then we'd sing some songs together and pray with them, and then move on to the next house. Awesome. Um, yeah. What was your uh, what, what 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 was your uh, bag of goodies that you would um, share? Okay, so this is something that's difficult for us to understand too. So culturally speaking, we'd be like, why? But for <laughs> them, this is their normal. Okay, so um, sugar, salt, washing powder, um, soap, uh, two minute noodles, rice, tuna. 
And um, yeah, that was pretty much the pack, I think. And it, I, it, all, it all kind of makes sense to me, except for the two-minute noodles. I'm just wondering yeah. about that. <laughs> that yeah. was mine. Is this like, like, like this is a delicacy or something, rather? <laughs> no, this is staple food. Oh dear. Yes, we need. There is a, a lot of health work that is required. <laughs> yeah, some there. health education that needs to take place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but first, you're to break down barriers, and if two-minute noodles break down barriers, that's a pretty cheap barrier breaker. Is there, anywhere, that's right. is there, is there anywhere in the world that two-minute noodles have not penetrated? I wonder who invented two-minute noodles. It's just like they must be the wealthiest person on the planet. It has a, yeah. a, a higher level of penetration than Coca-Cola. I am sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Because I didn't see Coca-Cola. Oh, maybe I did. But there was definitely two-minute noodles everywhere you go. And uh, how far was uh, how far was this hike? How far did you travel? Um, look, I don't know exactly how far. It was just a number of hours. Yeah, yeah. So everything is, but the measurement <laughs> of everything right. is a bit different over there. <laughs> You're not really thinking about time or space, or but um, yeah, it was it was definitely a great experience. And I think one of the best things that I did over there was, I don't know if you guys read the story that I wrote in the blog on the website about the guy who chased them away with a machete. Yes. I don't know if we spoke about that last time. Uh, Remind us of that story. Remind us of that story. Okay, tell it again. It sounds um, like a good one. These guys, the team of these young guys went into this particular village and they always get permission. But when they got to this one man's house, he was hostile. And someone mentioned something about Sabbath and he got really upset because it's like like a a Catholic area that he was most upset about it. And so he was like, no, you guys are leaving now. And he pulled out a machete. And these guys were like, which okay, they, which they, okay, which they all reversing. Carry. They all carry. That's yeah, right. like not- an extension of their um, arm. Yeah, yeah. So we think that's a big deal. But to them, it's like, well, that's what they had behind everyone's door. I think, like, I think a, they're kind of a- born with one. It's like yeah, right. it's like two-year-old kids running around with a big old machete and hacking away at stuff. <laughs> yeah. We so give our, we give our kids plastic toys and we're worried like, oh, this is a swallowing danger with this plastic toy. They just give them a machete. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, he chased them away and um, they actually, as a result of that, part of that, because they were, they were living in the jungle, sleeping in the jungle without any cover, any shelter. And um, when they, after that hike, when they got back to the town, one of the guys in the team got sick as a result of exposure. And because he didn't have a, like he was born with like a weak heart, it actually ended up taking his life, <laughs> which is why I got so passionate about this cause because... Like, if these guys are going to be doing good for others, surely we can help them at least to have basic needs for survival so that they can do the job that they want to do. So, um, yeah, so anyway, they after that happened, they were like, it was all on their hearts to go back to that one man again. They're like, we really have to go back to him. His name is Francis. And so they prayed about it and they fasted about it and they went back to visit Francis with a team of, of the strongest, <laughs> fittest boys that were, like, able to run away if necessary. And um, he still told them, no, get out, like, I don't want you here, but you can camp just over there, but next time, tomorrow morning, you got to leave. So they slept the night there, and the next morning, they were packing up to leave, all dejected, and then um, he comes running out of his house, like, no, don't leave, I'm really sorry, like, I want you to stay, and he had a whole change of heart, and so they made a friend by being, you know, um, persistent in showing the Jesus love through action. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they hadn't seen him for quite a while, and... Um, I got to go visit him oh, when I was over there. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So that was really cool. Did you get to chased by a machete? No machetes. <laughs> <laughs> got to like, um, got to, it, like he got to, he was speaking about Jesus and how he wants to know more about him and learn more about him and read his Bible and try and understand it. Because they don't have, they don't have Bibles in their own language. So they really rely on people to come and 
help them explain it to them, which is, you know, the opposite of what we want to do. We want to make sure people read it for themselves and have their own understanding, but they almost don't have access to that sure. because they don't have Bibles that they can understand. In the area that you were traveling to this time, what was the um, what was the level of literacy? I mean, where we went to in Velasi, it was um, really only the children that had any kind of literacy, but um, this particular area? It's pretty close to the same. Right. Yeah. So like a lot of people can't read? Is yeah, or they yeah. can... The kids, the kids could read because they were obviously in school every day, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, the older... So is there is there a shortage on Bibles in their language, or it just doesn't exist in their language? Like, it mostly doesn't exist. So they all have their own separate dialects, mm-hmm. and then the whole country speaks Solomon Pigeon. But the Solomon Pigeon Bibles are kind of seen as perhaps maybe not the best, um, uh, like example of what the original meant. And so there's a little bit of mistrust of the Pigeon Bible. So oh, I see they all read English Bibles. But, but really- their understanding of English is really low, and so it's difficult, and except for the people who are really highly educated, to really get the gist of what they're reading. Could they not benefit from maybe those God pods? They- yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Something to look into for next time. Okay, so uh, for, for those who might be wondering what Mon is talking about, these are um, basically a solar-powered iPod with the Bible on it. Yeah, in, 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 the, in the language of the person. In the langu- yeah. yeah, in the language yeah. of the person, yeah. That, and yeah. that way you could... Um, you, know, you could record it in, in Solomon Islands Pigeon if you had a big enough community. I mean, the problem is that the language changes from one valley to the next. It's just... Um, yeah. It's quite amazing, That's isn't the it? issue. Yeah, <laughs> it is amazing. It's just how do, it's you, really um, amazing. how do you reach out to people in their actual own language when it's so diverse? I don't know how yeah. many languages there are in uh, in the Solomons, but when I was in PNG, I think there's, there's just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different languages that are spoken. Uh, and then amongst those languages, hundreds of different varieties. Yeah, I almost feel like maybe Jesus is calling us to to go and to show the love in action and to speak about the simplicity of the gospel and maybe God's going to fill in the rest because I can't see that there's ever going to be a time when there's a God pod for every language. Sure. I just... Yeah, I was just I thinking what, that. I was like, how to get the gospel out there is to actually move out there and live amongst them and then exemplify the gospel. Yeah, because it's actions are what they're going to look at. So... Now, you went on this particular hike. Was there anything else that you were involved in while you were in the Solomons? Oh, and by the way, whereabouts? In the, was this in Guadalcanal again? Yeah, it was Guadalcanal. Yeah. So the, the people who run um, Jungle Ministry are all based in Honiara, which is the capital, mm-hmm. which is the one big town on Guadalcanal. And so they travel out from their homes on weekends to do these hikes. Yep. Yeah. So um, I also got to dress a, a saw on Francis's leg, which was nice. Okay. You know, personal contact was yep. kind of lovely. Yep. Really Clay's a nurse, for those who might enjoyed. be wondering. <laughs> a little yep. bit of a nurse. Mm-hmm. And that would help to continue breaking down barriers as well. Yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Clay did, did amazing things, you know, the couple of weeks we were in Velasi because you could just see, um, you know, we were there long enough to actually see things, you know, people being healed and, and, and the medications taking effect. And it's quite remarkable how quickly some of these um, guys up in the mountains there can heal. Um, tough guys. Yeah, yeah, remember Caleb's shoulder? No, I do. I'll never forget big his old shoulder. Hole in the, big old hole like, you know, 12 millimetres deep or whatever and it was all just new skin by the time we left. It was like how It was like exactly the right happened. day too because he got that boil and then it burst while he was carrying our backpacks up the jungle oh. on the first day and then, I oh know, he kept carrying it. Can you imagine that? I know, this guy and don't then, feel pain. Oh, 
And then on the way, it was the last day. I'm like, let me check your sore again. And it was like totally healed over. It happened like the right amount of time that we were there. That was pretty cool. Hey, Claire, thanks so much for joining us this morning and sharing with us here on Faith FM. No worries. Lovely to speak with you guys. That was Claire Baldacino talking about experiences in the Solomon Islands. If you're a keen hiker, then give us a call here, 1-800-324-843, and we will get you in contact with what you can do in the Solomon Islands. This is Melissa Otto. Forgiving Life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au.